Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. Well, well, hello, everybody. We're back again. Pocket Parlay coming at you with another fun little episode I kind of just sat down and put together over a couple weeks' time. I, I had the great honor to go spend some time out in North Carolina, up in uh, Bowling Rock, I believe is what it's called, Bowling Rock. Uh, that's where Tweetsie is at. And I've, I've talked to a few people about this. I'm jacked. I really am. It was, uh, I mean, I don't know history i suppose i i've been a trading enthusiast for my whole life and moving here i kind of waned away from that because there's really not as much train action as there was with union pacific and all that out on the tracks there in oregon so coming here being by the airport and then coming with having the blue angel air show within the first year of coming here i kind of reinvigorated my uh, airplane enthusiasts and kind of rubbed it off on my daughter. So she's about the planes, trains a little bit, but going to Tweetsie was going to be something different. Being on a steam engine is something I've always wanted to do. And it was on my list of things I've always wanted to experience. And I just didn't foresee it happening because there's not a lot of them left operating because they cost a lot of money and takes a lot of time to maintain these big old machines. I mean, I'm talking old. The Tweetsie number 12 engine was built in 1917. So, and it's still running today, which is, that's impressive. I mean, that that's spanning the time. I mean, there's some airplanes that are old that I've flown in. Uh, that B-17 I flew in was old. That was a World War II relic. And I was lucky to do that because that's no longer exists. That crashed and burned and is no longer around. There's a few other ones, but this was something else. This was cool, man. Cause I've always, I've watched videos of steam engines. I've, I've, I've been around the daylight express when I was really, really young, came down through Eugene. My dad was very sure to get me out to see that, but I was, gosh, I was probably real estate. I was probably four years old or something, four or five. I vaguely remember it, but I remember having kind of a love for that train. Cause it was the first one I ever saw. It's loud. It's steam. It's smoke. I just don't remember the smell or anything, but going and seeing this one that close and all the steam coming off of it and all the, oh man, uh, a coal burning machine is what it is. So it was really interesting to see. And I have a little bit of uh, some sound bits here I kind of put together. And this one kind of is a little rundown of what Tweetsie is and how it was established and how long it's been operating because it's been around for quite a while. So I found this interesting. Tell me what you think. Tweetsie, uh, Tweetsie Railroad has been here since 1957. It's one of the first theme parks in the nation, the first theme park in North Carolina. We've been doing this for a long time, entertaining families. Tweetsie's like a fun amusement park and you can like hang out with your friends and family and all that. If you're looking for a Wild West adventure that includes trains, animals, rides, food, and live entertainment, Tweetsie Railroad might just be the place you're looking for. I was saying that the trains are what makes Tweetsie Road special. That's what we're built around, the steam locomotives. All aboard, Casey Jones, let's ride. <laughs> Tweetsie was the nickname the railroad got when it was actually an operating railroad in this area. The train ran from Johnson City to Boone every day from 1919 to 1940, and local residents just nicknamed it the Tweetsie. Uh, and that's where the name came from. 
After East Tennessee and Western North Carolina railroads ceased all narrow-gauge operations, the old number 12 was the only original steam engine that survived the scrap heap. Well, Grover Robbins started Tweetsie Railroad. He was a huge train enthusiast. And he found the train up in uh, Virginia and brought it back here to be in the mountains of North Carolina. In 1957, Tweetsie Railroad debuted with the number 12 as the main attraction. Over the next few years, it evolved into the Wild West theme park we know today. The train ride is, is like our main focal point of the park because we are called Tweetsie Railroad and it's a Wild West show. Fun, a little fast, and cool. You got action, adventure, some comedy. It's kind of a Wild West stunt show. Try to, to wow the kids and so they'll see all kinds of horses and interaction with the guests and the customer and, and just try to entertain and make sure everyone has a good time on their, their day here at Tweetsie. Now that's a three mile track around that park. It goes around back around the hills and it makes two stops. There's two entertainment points, like an old Western town that it stops in and they do a little show, a little shootout a little fun thing and then they get back on and you roll on for a little bit longer and then you come up against like a union fort kind of built thing and they do a, another show as you're just not too far away from getting back into the park so two little shows it kind of it, it takes i don't know maybe like 45 minutes or something like that if that i don't know but it, it was i wrote it twice i wrote it once with my daughter she didn't really care for it because well it might partly my fault because we've sat at the first car and you're getting the steam and chunks of burnt coal coming down and it was loud. It was, it was loud and she didn't have her earmuffs. So she was kind of like, I think it was off putting for her, which I understand it's, it's a big lumbering piece of metal. So in the future, maybe put her, we'll, we'll try again in the back. That might be her best bet. <laughs> I don't want to sit in the back. I'm like, that's too far. I come here for the engine, man. So yeah, it was super cool. And I looked up something I've, uh, kind of getting back into the, the train culture and the enthusiasm that it has. And they call it train enthusiast, but I mean, another term for it is called being a foamer. So that might be the title of this episode is foamer because that's taking the train enthusiast to another level. And the definition was basically found back in like 1970 where this was like a new level of enthusiasm like people would be jumping and screaming and hooping and hollering and and more or less foaming at the mouth that's where foamer came from I, I think that's a little exaggerated but if you're sucking in a lot of that soot you might start foaming a little bit at the mouth from those old trains so it was really cool uh, i highly recommend anybody get some time uh that lives anywhere near here or wants to i mean we're three hours from it so we're not super close but it was a very cool old park and you get the cowboy feel and they have like a, a saloon. It's not a saloon, but it would have been a saloon. It's kind of family friendly and they have some dancing and singing and stuff And this old, it just made you feel like you're transported back to a time that I think a lot of people kind of, especially with like the Yellowstone like the cowboy era kind of thing. And I thought about this too, and I was doing a little bit of reading on it. The cowboy era here is not quite what it was or, in the West because out West you're trudging and kind of cutting your own trail here. Everything's kind of established. So it was a lot of like cowboys on trains, bootleggers kind of like, that's what the whole, the whole um, show was about was like robbing the train and stuff like that. And I think a lot of the robbing train stuff came from this side and kind of trickled out that way, like, you know, East of the Mississippi kind of stuff. So cowboying was a little different out here. It wasn't the big open plains. I mean, they're up in the mountains and it, it's, it's a different terrain for sure. It's beautiful, but 
you don't get that wide open like Montana sky and, and that whole kind of look that you would get out west. So very two different things. And I grew up knowing one and now I'm kind of getting into the uh, other side of it that I didn't really expect to find as interesting. But now that I, I guess it's my home, so I am digging into the history and I'm loving every minute of it. So this was another clip I have. This is actually from my phone. This was me on the train. You're pulling out of the station, kind of lumbering along and it goes... If you watch any videos, if you YouTube tweets, it's like right over the train trestle that's right outside. But I was sitting in the front car by myself that I went on my own because uh, Sarah and Briella took off to go play on the the kid rides. I think she had enough of that. So I was like, I'm going to go spend some time by the train and just, you know, get my stuff that I kind of wanted to see. So this was really cool. It's not very long, but I think uh, I just I, I love it. Just close your eyes and pretend like you're on this thing, just rocking back and forth and lugging along the line. They call it Big Horse Canyon. You can hear the announcement kind of right there. So the kids are just loving it. I mean, the older kids, mine might have been just a little bit not in the mood for that. But um, yeah, so that that uh, kind of sums up what I was kind of shooting for from that aspect. But I do have a couple other fun facts that I found uh, as I was digging through just information Um Steam engines from a cold start, that means with no fire burning them, been sitting for a while, takes three days to get up to operating temperature to where they can take it out and run it. So, I mean, they they, uh, they keep those things running like 24-7 because once you shut them down, it takes a long time to get them back up. And that that's kind of true still to this day with like the uh, even the modern diesels. They'll leave them running, sitting in the yard. Just It costs so much money to get them started up again, but I don't think it takes that long. It might take an hour, a couple hours to get everything fired up, the air all built up and everything. So wild, Uh, three days. So, I mean, the the people that work on these, I would love to get a chance to sit down and chit chat with them and just kind of pick their brain because that's a whole nother level of dedication. I mean, that's, that's a true... I don't know, craft art. I don't, I mean, art at this point now, I guess, because that's kind of, it's just for show. No, they don't actually use them for actual working anymore. So it's just kind of part of entertaining and keeping the Americana, I think, alive. And <laughs> if you get a chance to do it, it, it definitely resonates with you for sure. Uh, another fun fact is uh, steam engines actually, believe it or not, fall under the EPA guidelines for like, um, pollution as far as coal because there's a lot of black smoke that comes out but the guy that i was kind of listening to talk was basically saying it's less than you know your car puts out technically i mean it's on a larger scale but if you you know broke it down over the time that it runs it it's it's very minuscule it doesn't even show up on their reports or anything like that so that answered my question i had i'm like how in a world today where everyone's worried about, you know, carbon footprints and all this stuff that these, these parks are being able to operate without being harassed by some greenie or something like that. So, and that's probably, probably it because it doesn't really, I mean, it's mixed with a lot of steam too. So it kind of 
waters everything down and, and dilutes it to where it's, it, I mean, there was chunks of coal falling from the sky when that thing went by me, which was really cool, I thought. But, I mean, I thought that was interesting, though. So I do have, uh, this was, this was uh, I call it the flyby, because I didn't know, I mean, I guess it's a drive-by, but that sounds worse. So <laughs> this was me standing uh, just off the to the right of the engine as it takes off out of, out of the uh, park there with everybody loaded on it. So it's a full load of people. And I, I think it has eight, eight cars on it. So pretty, pretty good size load for a smaller engine like that. And uh, you know, people get heavy. So <laughs> this is kind of cool as it just kind of opens it up the throttles, pours the coal to it, literally. Something that guy didn't mention, actually, and this was kind of some other parts I got, was Tweetsie actually got its name from the people, but it was because of the horn or the whistle. So if you listen to that whistle, it's a very high-pitched kind of uh, Tweetsie. It kind of just kind of, it kind of goes with what people kind of came up with the name for it. So I don't know why he didn't mention that like that. I don't know if it's true or not, but, I mean, that guy was the like the lead dude at the park. So, I mean, if he doesn't say it that way, maybe it's not so. But that was kind of the, some of the forums I was reading videos I was watching they're saying that the people gave it that name because that little horn going through the the canyon just kind of made everyone think Tweetsie so and on a, on a s other note uh I had just found out actually today that we're actually going to make it out to Dollywood and Dollywood has another steam engine with the which actually the funny thing is digging into the history of that tonight I didn't know this but that park actually exists before Dolly took it over, and it was a, like a spur of Tweetsie. So all these parks here with these trains are connected, and they work together to this day on fixing trains and sharing knowledge because, I mean, knowledge is power if you have someone that's good at doing something or building because they got to build all their parts. They can't go down to the, the store and buy it. So you have to have guys knowing what they're doing, and they all work together. So Dollywood and Tweetsie, that's in North Carolina. Dollywood's out here in Pigeon Forge, which is out of 45 minutes, quite a bit closer. So <laughs> that'll be a day trip. We won't have to camp for that one. So I'm excited to get to ride um, the Dollywood Express uh, engine 192, which is, I think it looks like it's a bigger engine. I'm pretty sure it is. And I do have a clip of it rolling through. And, and the beauty of where Dolly, Dollywood's Park is at, it's in this valley. So I'll play the the horn or the whistle in this, and you can kind of hear the. You definitely hear the difference in the the pitch, but listen to it as it just bounces off the mountains. It was really cool. Last one was good. That was really cool, and you can hear that when you're out on the that side of town. You can you can when the I guess it's when the wind blows just right, or there is no wind. So this time of year, it's pretty calm. Falls beautiful. You go out there, you can hear that kind of echoing through the valley. It's just kind of a really I wouldn't say eerie, but it gives you kind of goosebumps because it just takes you back to a time that you didn't exist, and you kind of rom romanticize about it. I think. I mean, people think of that way about the '60s and all that stuff too. So I mean, it's. 
it hits a chord with me and I don't, I don't know if it's going to hit a chord with anybody else, but I, I felt just the, the overwhelming need to get on here and put this out. Cause I, I love, I love trains. I'm going to come out and say it. I do. I do love them. <laughs> uh, a fun fact on Dollywood. I don't know about Tweetsie, but another fact is that they actually filter their water and like reverse osmosis and all this stuff. So these trains were designed to fill it with water wherever they could get it. So they would just get water out of ponds and, their boilers would just get all clogged up. And I mean, maintenance back then was probably completely different than it is today, but they had to do boiler cleans. And nowadays when they do boiler cleans, there's hardly anything in it because they don't, they don't get any scale or anything because they're treating their water to the max. And that 192 engine holds 9,000 gallons of water. So that's, that's a lot of water and it burns it up because you're chucking coal in there and it takes that water hot to make all or everything work. So you're really rolling through it. I just didn't know that. I didn't know they filtered their water. I thought our water today would be, I mean, it is 10 times better than what they had back in the original, you know, early 1900s that these things were operating. So, and then, uh, yeah, the end of World War II kind of was the snap, uh, the, the straw that broke the camel's back, I guess. Cause that was kind of the end of the steam era. They, they used them in the war quite a bit to get stuff around and then diesel kind of took over shortly after world war ii and they're like oh we don't need these anymore and i mean the specialty guys that it took to run those kind of probably were dying off and and getting out of it and no one wanted to learn it it's kind of like any trade nowadays like no one wants to learn how to do it so it just kind of fades away it's hard to find someone that can do good plaster work because uh same concept it's just something that's not really in anymore so Hopefully it comes back around and uh, catches on and everybody gets back into it. But there's a few operating parks left. I highly recommend if you if you have anyone near you or you have an opportunity to take a jump at it. Over on the West Coast, the Daylight Express is housed up in Portland, but the Greenies might have a lock on that thing. I don't think it gets out much to, to make any tours. And if it does, it doesn't come down, down the line I-5. I think it heads right over the mountain over into the high desert and then heading over to like Wyoming and all that stuff where things are a little bit more, well, hell they could probably even get coal over there. I don't know if you can even get that in Oregon anymore. So <laughs> joking. I actually don't know that I should maybe look that up, but yeah, fun, fun, fun. We had a great time and I just, I, I don't know. I don't know. I wouldn't say I'm lost for words, but it was just surreal to sit on that thing and rock back and forth and think people traveled from the East coast to Midwest even all the way to the West Coast. I mean, that's weeks they'd spend on that train. That is that is nuts because we get across to the nation in like six hours of a plane flight now. So, <laughs> and we think that's inconvenient. Like, oh gosh, I spent half my day traveling. Oh no. But those people were um, tougher than we were because they had to be. And we're just soft, squishy, like the doughboy. <laughs> well, everybody, thanks for just bearing with me and listening. I, 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 I just kind of getting on here, jumping on, making shows out of stuff that kind of speak to me anymore. And this was something that was huge. And I'm very much looking forward to riding Dollywood. There are tracks five miles, so it's a little bit longer of a ride. doesn't sound like there's any stops, so it's a straight run. There's no show in, involved with it. You just go around the park. So I can uh, fill you in on a next episode, but I think this would be enough for the trains. And we'll have to do something else on the next one. Everybody have a good time. I love you guys. Talk to you soon.
the sea.